Welcome to the Georgetown Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, where we share sermons from our most recent worship services. To learn more about GBC, please visit us online at georgetownbaptist.org. Today's scripture reading is from Luke 2, 8 through 15. Let us listen together for the word of God. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So, the first time it happened, I wasn't quite ready for it. Uh, It just seemed like a normal day, and... uh, Sarah and I were newly married. Uh, we got married in August, and uh, so about a month, month and a half into marriage, she just comes home one day. Um, she's in a very, very good mood. And we're like, hey, how are you? She's like, I'm great. How are you? Oh, that's, that's okay, good energy. I like it. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm good. And she, I start talking about something, and I look over, because I, I was busy doing something, talking to her, and I look over, and I see her, and she has not broken, sort of looking at me the whole time, kind of like this. And so I was, you know, but I was talking about normal kind of life things. Like, you know, I was wondering if we wanted to maybe go, oh, what is happening? And she said, I have a surprise for you. I said, oh, that's wonderful. She said, it's for your birthday. Now, my mer- birthday was two or three weeks away. I said, oh, that's great. I can't wait. That's going to be great. Thank you. And I keep talking like a dummy uh, just about whatever it was that I had been talking about before. And she has not still not broken. And she goes, don't you want to know what it is? I said, it's, it's for my birthday, right? She goes, yeah, yeah, it's for your birthday. It's not my birthday yet. Don't you want me to open it or, or have it or whatever on my birthday? She's like, you want me to wait to your birthday to give you your birthday present? <laughs> and as a newly married person, I knew the right answer to this was no. No, 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 I don't. She went, oh good, that had been torture. Here! I can't, and so we, we uh, what was interesting about this, though, is, um, as, you know, as you start to build lives together with people who grew up in different households, you realize that there are things that you just count as normal that other people don't. And so in Sarah's household, as soon as you know a surprise, you want to share the surprise. You don't want, why, why would you, why would you announce that there's a surprise if you weren't immediately going to say what the surprise was. That's part of the fun and the joy of it. And, and in my household, uh, that's just not how it worked. We would wrap presents. We'd put them under the tree. You'd have presents ready to go for your birthday, but we'd just 
wouldn't talk about it. And, and so we, uh, as, we, as I was preparing for today, we got to talking about that, Sarah and I, we got to talking about because she's, she's wrapping presents uh, for Christmas Day at our house. You know, this, yesterday she's wrapping presents. And I go, okay. So, uh, and she goes, okay, I'm going to wrap all these and then I'm going to stick them back in our secret hiding spot. Don't tell the kids. It's in the corner of our bedroom. Uh, <laughs> Because our house is a thousand years old and has no closet. So it's in the corner. Yes, yes. It's in the corner of our bedroom. And we've draped robes and stuff over it so that people will think, oh, look, that's just part of the wall. <laughs> so she said, okay, I'm going to wrap up all of these and then I'm going to put them back in the corner. And I said, like a dummy, they're wrapped. Why don't they go under the tree? And she said, no, she didn't say anything. She gave me that look like I had suggested we just pull, call the kids together and set their presence on fire in front of them. <laughs> and she said, why? Why would we do that? And I said, I, because their presence and a tree, I still don't quite think I understand what's wrong with this. And she said, sure, sure. We walk downstairs to where the kids are. She says, kids, come here, let me ask you a question. If we've wrapped the presents up, should they A, be hidden until Christmas Day, or B, be under the tree? And they go, they should be hidden until Christmas Day. And then my loving wife points at me and goes, your dad didn't think so. And the two of them look at me. And I said, you have done this to them. And they look at me as if I had said, let's just set your presence on fire and, and just watch you cry. <laughs> Merry Christmas. What do you do with good news? How do you handle good news? Now, for some of us, it may have been a while, and you may have to try and remember when's the last time you had some really, really good news. But when you have good news, I mean the best kind of good news, what do you do with it? How do you handle it? How do you make sense of it? How do you share the good news? That's what we're dealing with in our scripture today. And like is a, uh, is a danger anytime we talk about sort of these traditional Christmas scriptures, this can be something that we already jump ahead in our brain and assume we know what's going on and don't really pay attention to it. You sort of flash back to uh, watching uh, Linus kind of read this out every year. You, you uh, sort of just uh, kind of go, yeah, 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 I get this, move on, move on, move on. But I think it's important that we pause and look at this again because this is incredible great news. This is great news that the angels can't help but share because the angels are excited about what is happening. This is literally universe, galaxy shaping kind of news that is happening. And it is the last week as you could guess, of our Advent series on the last Sunday of Advent. This whole series, we've been talking about the songs of Christmas because as you look at the different scriptures around the story of Jesus' birth, you have this, you, you have this uh, occasion to notice again and again that when people are confronted with the ridiculous good news of Christ being born, they, 
break into song like it's some sort of TV musical or something. And so we talked about John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, how after decades of disappointment and after decades of praying that he and his wife could have a baby and decades of that prayer not being answered the way that they wanted, all of a sudden in the middle of him serving and worshiping and leading worship in the midst of that moment, an angel appears to him and says, great news. Zechariah, you and Elizabeth are going to have a son. And we talked way that long time ago about how Zechariah almost missed the message because he felt like he knew what the story was going to be. He felt like he knew the lyrics of the song so well that he wasn't paying attention. And to the angel that appeared in front of him, he said, no, you're wrong. Then we talked about Simeon, this guy, this faithful guy who, was, uh, who the Holy Spirit had told that he would see the Messiah. He would see Jesus before he died. And so the Spirit moved him and said, you need to get to the temple right now. So in the scripture, we read that he runs to the temple. He sees Mary with eight-day-old baby Jesus. He grabs Jesus out of her arms, holds him up, bursts into song, hands Jesus back and goes, points at Mary and goes, this baby's going to cause a lot of heartache, and especially for you. And then as he's leaving, he says, that's it, God, you can kill me now. It's the weirdest baby dedication ever. I'm going to keep saying that joke until you laugh. It's going to get awkward. By February, so just a real good hearty laugh the next couple of weeks will get me done with it. But then we talked about last week, we talked about Mary and how Zachariah couldn't believe it was going to happen. Mary couldn't imagine how God could be so good and how God could do this. And Mary's response, even not knowing what was going to happen, even not knowing the details, even not understanding how all of these pieces could work together, how, God, are you going to make all of this? I don't think this picture has all the right pieces. She responded with joy. And we talked about how joy is different than happiness. That joy, when we are singing or living with joy, what we are doing is drawing and connecting other people in with us. What we are doing when we are talking about happiness, we're just talking about ourselves and our focus is on ourselves. When we're talking about joy, we can't help but share and bring other people in with us. So we've heard the song of Zechariah, we've heard the song of Simeon, we've heard the song of Mary, and today, this morning, we hear something that uh, one-ups all of them. We hear the song of the angels. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now, uh, these are not their flocks uh, in the the sense that, uh, uh, you know, that's my house across the street, but the bank who owns the house right now would disagree that it actually technically is my house right now. This is the third watch night shift shepherds. These are not the people who are driving the nice cars into the parking lot before they go and uh, check in, punch in uh, for work. These are the guys who got the job that nobody else wanted. They are cold. They are out there by themselves with a bunch of smelly sheep. It is not a lucrative, high-paying, high-power position. It is a bunch of nobodies in the middle of nowhere, out in the middle of the night in a big, stinky field. 
All right? And to them, an angel of the Lord appeared, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Yeah, that makes sense, right? You're in the middle of your night shift job. In the middle of the darkness, there's not a whole bunch of street lights around. Obviously, you all know that, but just get, get that in your, in your brain. It is dark. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up. And the blinding radiance of God, the glory of God, shines around this angel. They are diving for the ground. They are holding their eyes. Um, they are screaming out of fear, probably. One of them, you know, that one. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. It's not a sign that they were wrapped in claws. All babies wrapped in claws at this time. It is different than you are uh, placed in a feeding trough. That is not normally how that would work. So, Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. So one angel is enough, right? That's enough to cause you to scream. Suddenly, the entire angelic choir is filling the sky. This is not a few kids in bathrobes that you can't trust with uh, speaking lines in the nativity, right? So you just stick them as angels in the back and hope they don't mess up the good de decorations on the wall. These are angelic messengers, and all of a sudden, this one angel who had the glory of the Lord around him, now there is this huge choir out here in the middle of nowhere to a bunch of stinky shepherds and sheep that aren't even paying attention. What on earth? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing. You, you think so? Maybe we should go see what it is they were talking about, which the Lord has told us about. But first, let's make sure the sheep are all safe so everything's cool and then we'll leave. No, they, don't, they just run off to go see. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they see them, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. All right, so... This is the song of love. This is the week of love, and this is the song of love. This is the song of the angels, the angelic choir that sings to all of these shepherds, and the good news that the angel gives. Uh, be, the angel does a much better job than I do, because where I take 20 minutes to prattle on and on to try and get, land the plane somewhere, the angel in one line gives the point that you need to hear and need to know, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This line, you, my guess is, have heard more than once. You have heard, and 
What we don't get when we zoom past this line is that there are three important titles in this line. This one sentence gives you what you need to know about Christmas. So, first, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. Now, Savior, you... You save things that are in trouble. You save things that, that can't save themselves. I am desperate and in need, and I need someone to come save me. In the middle of this town, in the middle of this country, in the middle of this place, we find ourselves in the middle of the Roman Empire that is occupying and locking down this whole area. We find that God's people have not been their own country for hundreds of years at this point, and they are praying every single day that God will bring someone who will save them because they can't do it on their own. They don't have the people. They don't have the firepower. They don't have the ability by, me, by sheer force to overthrow these hated Romans. They need a Savior. They need someone who is going to come. Now they had in their mind who this was going to be. This was going to be the Messiah. The Messiah was the one that they had prayed for every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. The good, faithful Jewish person would have prayed that God send the Messiah, send your anointed one, the one who will be just like David. Remember David and Goliath, King David, the, the warrior king? There's going to be a Messiah that's going to come. And this Messiah is going to be it. We can finally overthrow these Romans. The Messiah is going to be like David, but the Messiah is also going to be like Moses. The Messiah is going to overthrow just like Moses, just like Moses sort of um, took it to Pharaoh and delivered the people out of Egypt. The Messiah is going to do the same thing. And the Greek word for Messiah is Christos or Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. He didn't get mail at the Christ address here. Christ is a title. It is Jesus Messiah. It is the Messiah, the one who was to come. So good news, everybody. A Savior. You are in danger. You are in trouble. You are struggling. A Savior is coming. And it is the Messiah. Now, they knew what to expect. I just told you. This Messiah was going to be like holy G.I. Joe. He was going to come and completely overthrow all of these bad guys, and he was going to do it by God's power, and it was going to be incredible. And what we see, if you keep reading in the Gospels, is when Jesus doesn't match up to what they're expecting, because what they're expecting is the same thing that we would expect. If you're building an action hero so that you can have a series of movies and make bajillion dollars, um, you want this action hero to be what? Super strong, right? Doesn't take any gruff from anybody, right? Um, knows how to deliver a punch. Is, is good and like uses violence in like the right kind of way, right? Yeah, uh, that kind of idea. That's what they're expecting. And so they were waiting and ready, and they let Jesus tell his stories, and they let Jesus do his stuff. They're like, come on, when, when's the good part going to happen? When are you actually going to get it? And Jesus goes, oh, the good part's right here. You ready? Love your enemies and forgive those who attack you. And you could have heard a pin drop as they went, so love them as I'm beating them up, 
love them as I'm killing them? Is that what you want me? I'm confused. Because their understanding of Messiah was only in one way. That the Messiah was just going to come and overthrow the Romans and they were going to have their political country again. But what Jesus is doing is great good news. It is beyond one time and one place. What Jesus is doing as Messiah is bringing salvation. He as the Savior so that all people everywhere can find and come to God. There is good news of great joy. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ. He's the Messiah, the Lord. Because up to this point, what they were expecting was another human. They didn't think it was going to be anything other than just another human. But when you use the term Lord like this back then, what you are doing is calling on divinity. You are saying that this person is going to be God. That this is unusual and unlike anything that's ever happened. That God has decided to come down to save God's people and to provide a new opportunity so that all of the forces that work against us and seek our destruction have no hope against God's power. That is the story. That is the good news. And that is beyond anything that anybody could imagine. And that should have been delivered from the tallest temple in the biggest metropolis that with the loudest megaphone so every single person could have heard it and knew what was going on. That's what we would do, right? You have to get a message across. You know who I'm not going to tell? The third shift shepherds out in the middle of nowhere who have no way of knowing or telling anybody of any value or importance. And yet, what we see about our God and why it's such good news is the extravagant love and the extravagant grace and the extravagant goodness of God pours out on anybody who is willing to listen and pours out on anybody who is hungry for that good news. Anybody who needs that kind of love, anybody who needs that kind of joy or hope or peace. These shepherds, couldn't help but respond to the gracious good news, the extravagant grace that had been shown to them. They dropped what they were doing immediately and ran to Jesus. Our God is a God of extravagance, of generosity, of love, and of grace. Have you ever been around somebody who is just so generous, it's almost painful as they keep giving you things and you don't have anything to give back to them. Please stop. No, and I made cookies. Here, take these cookies. And I made this. Here, take this. And here's a painting that I did. And this. And you just go, please stop. You have to do this. That's the kind of generosity that God has given to us over and over and over. That's the kind of earth-shattering and galaxy-shattering and universe-shattering change that Jesus' birth brings. That's why the angels are singing. That's why they're celebrating. And that's the good news. That's the song of love that, is being, that was sung out over those nobodies in the middle of nowhere so long ago. But it's the same song that is being sung over you and me today. How will you, will, how will you respond? 
Will you stop and listen? Will you hear the love and the good news that God has for you? Because in the midst of all of the bad, in the midst of all of the struggle, in the midst of all of the strife and discord, in the midst of all of it, the song of love continues. Will you stop and hear the good news of great joy? Would you pray with me? We thank you, God, for your love and your grace. We thank you, God, for your mercy. We thank you, God, for the song of love that pours out over us today. We rejoice in the story of Christmas. We rejoice in the invitation that you have given us. We give thanks, God, that though we don't deserve it and we are separated from you, your love and your grace in coming as a baby and living and dying and rising again for all of us gives us the invitation to perfect peace and eternal love forever. We praise you, God. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.